traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. In the squadron, they called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ah. Uh... Joe Biden does uh, his unusual relationship with dogs. Another horrible episode. A dog was growling, barking. Don't they say that dogs really can sense uh, character, right? A dog had wanted nothing to do with Joe. Very embarrassing. Almost as embarrassing as what he's doing right now, speaking in public at the uh, in the front of the Irish Parliament. In just a couple of seconds, please. Hope, but the conviction... The better days lie ahead. Oh, brother. Okay, thank you very much. Um, What the hell is he doing over there anyway? I mean, really, what is it? It's a work day. Uh, He's on spring break. It's spring break for this guy. It's uh, I don't know how he gets away with it. I uh, he brought his son. He brought Valerie. I do think that this is well, this might be the last hurrah. This is the last time he can go overseas as the incumbent president, uh, not a lame duck. I don't think he's running for reelection. There's absolutely no way that that can happen. I just, I don't know. I mean, anything's possible, but they they have to see it. They see what I see. Um, and you got some very ambitious people, Gavin Newsom salivating, right? <laughs> just wants to do to the country what he's done to California. All right, right now, everybody in the Beltway, and I guess beyond, very excited about this leak of secret documents. You heard about it, right? Uh, it started on some kid's internet chat group i mean it was just a bunch of teenagers and uh video game guys talking about life and uh hey look at this stuff i found at work all kinds of secrets about our allies about our enemies government uh top secret material and it's posted it's been out there for a while on the internet regular just nobody really even noticed it then the times got a hold of it and said wait a second this is big a lot of detailed stuff in there about Ukraine military strength, Russia military strength, our military strength, um, stuff that could possibly influence the battlefield. How did that happen? A great big story in the paper. And um, it is pretty interesting. Let's see here. Uh, the Washington Post. Oh, they identified the guy. They identified the guy who leaked it. His name is Teixeira. He's described as a National Guardsman. He's 21 years old. Uh, I don't think he's been arrested yet, but this guy is in a lot of trouble, probably should be in a lot of trouble. But you know how this happens? Because the last couple of spies we had did not get into any trouble. They really didn't get into any trouble. Uh, Snowden, Ed Snowden. Remember that guy from uh, he gave it all to WikiLeaks and he worked at the National Security Agency. He was a tech guy there in Maryland. And he uh, saw what was going on. Now, some people think he's a hero. I actually thought he should be shot, to be honest. I thought this was really treasonous behavior. Uh, I've kind of, uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. You can't you can't put out our nation's secrets. If he wanted to, he could have gone to Capitol Hill. If he had a real problem, if he thought the government was doing something it shouldn't have been doing, he could have gone to Capitol Hill. 
found some senator and said, hey, we got to talk. I know stuff. Please. And we could have had hearings. We could have talked about it. We could have talked about it. But instead, he gave it to the Russians. He gave it to Wikipedia. But the thing about Edward Snowden, he is a celebrity now. He wrote a bestseller. He wrote a best-selling book that you could buy in Barnes & Nobles. Right alongside my book, by the way, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. Did you buy your copy yet? Ed Snowden, a spy. Are we going to let that guy sell more copies of my of his book than mine? It's, it's all right. Um, but that's, uh, that's what everybody wants, right? He, he's famous. He's living in Russia. He gets all kinds of awards and trophies. Uh, people love that guy. So he got away with it. He got away with it. And who else got away with it? Who remembers the name Bradley Manning? Bradley Manning, a soldier in Iraq, a U.S. soldier, saw some documents and uh, realized, hey, <laughs> the enemy would really like this stuff. Put it out there online, gave it to people, shared it. I think he sent a whole bunch to WikiLeaks as well. And uh, what happened to him? Well, the him is now a her. Went to jail for a little while, but guess who rescued him? Barack Obama gave him a big, fat, um, not a pardon. He commuted his sentence. Yeah, what is that? Clemency? What's the difference between clemency and a pardon? Anyway, I think he gave him whatever. He let him out of jail. He was in the middle of like a 40-year sentence. He did two years, and he said, we're all done here. Young man, I thought you learned your lesson. And uh, the man became a woman and became even more popular with the left. Chelsea Manning is um, was invited to Harvard, invited to a bunch of other weird institutions to speak. So that's what happens to spies. I mean, who remembers Aldrich Ames? Aldrich Ames, 1993, he was a CIA analyst, was giving stuff to the Russians. He's in jail now, will be in jail forever. Uh, Robert Hansen, remember that case? The FBI agent um, will be in jail forever, was telling the Russians all about the double agents over there. A lot of people got a bullet in the head because of that guy. Horrible. Who else? I mean, there's an endless series of uh, spies, but it stopped about 15 years ago. We don't take it seriously. It's serious. I can see why this guy would think, well, I guess, uh, you know, the worst that could happen is I'd get a book deal. Or you might get people killed. All right, so here's the deal. Uh, let's see. Leaker of U.S. secret documents worked on military base, Friends says. Now, this is the Washington Post story that everybody was talking about. And this was, I, I don't think it's all that interesting. I mean, it's, it's okay, but uh, everyone is talking about that. This is going to be a movie. It's so good. The man behind a massive leak of U.S. government secrets that has exposed spying on allies revealed the grim prospects for Ukraine's war with Russia and ignited diplomatic fires for the White House is a young, charismatic gun enthusiast who shared highly classified documents with a group of far-flung acquaintances searching for companionship amid the isolation of the pandemic. United by their mutual love of guns, you see, you know what they're going to do? They're going to call this guy a MAGA guy. Okay, this is MAGA. This is our, I, I just a hunch. We'll see what the hell happens. United by their mutual love of guns, military gear, and God. Oh, that's somehow a, is that, is that somehow a negative? Military gear. And the group of roughly two dozen, mostly men and boys, formed an invitation-only clubhouse in 2020 on Discord, an online platform popular with gamers. Uh, but they paid little attention last year when the man, some called OG, posted a message laden with strange acronyms and jargon. The words were unfamiliar, and few people read the long note. 
one of the members explained, but he revered OG, the elder leader of their tiny tribe, 21 years old, who claimed to know secrets that the government withheld from ordinary people. The young member read OG's message closely, and the hundreds more that he said followed on a regular basis for months. They were, he recalled, what appeared to be near-verbatim transcripts of classified intelligence documents that OG indicated he had brought home from his job on a military base, which the member declined to identify. OG, uh, Fort Bragg, I think, oh, by the way. OG claimed he spent at least some of his day inside a secure facility that prohibited cell phones and other electronic devices, blah, 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 blah. Um, he starts putting this stuff up, his little summaries of what he finds, and nobody in his little chat group is interested, so they blow him off. And then he starts getting really annoyed. You guys better read this stuff. <laughs> and they still don't read it, but then he starts, so then he starts posting pictures of the documents, which is a bit more interesting because you see, you know, top secret, no foreign intel, and it's, it, it brings you in. Let's see. So he was uh, just some guy. The Post reviewed approximately 300 photos of classified documents, most of which have not been made public. Some of the text documents OG is said to have written out. An audio recording of a man, the two group members identified as OG, speaking to his companions. And chat records and photographs that show OG communicating with them on Discord. They're going to catch this guy. Obviously. Did they catch him yet? He's fit. He's strong. He's armed. He's trained. Just about everything you could expect. Out of some sort of crazy movie, the member said. All right. Mm. And then this one kid, he's like 16 years old, actually starts reading the secrets, starts reading the documents. And he says this. I was one of the very few people in the server that was able to understand that these documents were legitimate, the member said, setting himself apart from the others who mostly ignored OG's posts. It felt like I was on top of Mount Everest. I felt like I was above everyone else to some degree, and that I knew stuff they didn't. Hmm. Um, to be honest, I have not been going through those documents myself. I know the stories in the background and the periphery. I, uh, it's, it did not capture my imagination or much of my attention, but this is, I guess it's heating up. But this is what happens when you let spies off the hook. No more deterrence. There was, we lost our deterrent factor. And that's 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 a major shift. You see how you see how that. Why is he still in Ireland, by the way? He's still boring those people in the parliament. This is his last hurrah. He brought Hunter and Valerie, other family members. And they they try to keep Hunter under wraps here. But on the international stage, there's Hunter. He's got business cards. (laughs) Cut 16, please. Cut 16. The fact that I'm here with my sister, Valerie. And my youngest son, Hunter Biden. Stand up, guys. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Crowd didn't know what to do. Wait a second. Those people, we, you know, we're not that we're not that disconnected here in Ireland. We know about him. We've heard about the laptop. We've seen the pictures. <laughs> You're proud of this guy. I mean, I know you love your son. Obviously, you always will. But you bring him on the international stage and say, look at my boy. I don't know. I don't know about that one. Hmm. Now, his boy, oh, by the way, Hunter, is no innocent. He is writing letters getting real people in trouble. Can you imagine the son of the President of the United States is writing letters to various uh, government agencies like the Department of Justice and saying, you need to investigate so-and-so for such-and-such? It's true. So it has received very little coverage, but 
The lawyers for Hunter Biden, including somebody by the name of Abby Lowell, who is one of the top litigators in the world, is writing letters on behalf of his client, Hunter Biden, to the IRS, saying that conservative critics need to be investigated by the Internal Revenue Service. The son of a president is calling for investigations, and nobody blinks. Everybody thinks that's, like, okay. Um. I think that's kind of wrong. Can you imagine if me, as the my dad was the police commissioner, if I started sending letters to uh, precinct commanders demanding that they investigate people? Wouldn't that be kind of uh, noteworthy, don't you think? Wouldn't that be somewhat inappropriate? That's what's happening. That's what's happening. And the other thing that's happening, and uh, it's not as intense as it was last week, of course, but Donald Trump right now is with Letitia James in that ludicrously stupid lawsuit. Poor guy suing him over real estate matters. Letitia James does not have a gosh darn clue. The thing that I find most amusing, because I can understand it. A lot of this stuff, you know, they're counting on the public not understanding the ins and outs of some of this stuff. But when I saw the story about 40 Wall Street that Trump owns, I don't know if he owns it now, but he owned it for about 10 years at least. Iconic building on Wall Street. At one point, it was one of the world's tallest buildings. Um, Trump owned it, bought it for a bar. I think he bought it for like $35 million. He writes about it in one of his books, how he kind of, he, he's always bragging about how he gets bargains. He's not like, I paid top dollar. I just came in and I said, I want that thing. Buy it, no matter what the price. No, he always finagles. He always negotiates with, with the way a New Yorker is supposed to. Anyway, he got it at a bargain basement price. And a couple of years later, I guess on some form, he put the value at $500 million where, but Attorney General Letitia James insists that that building was only worth $200 million. Well, it's not. No way was it ever worth that little. Um, In 2000, I think 11 was the year, 2011. I know enough about the neighborhood. I know enough about real estate, not much, but enough to know what a building goes for. And at that point, there were far less iconic, far less interesting buildings going for more than what Trump valued uh, 40 Wall Street. 230 Park Avenue was going for three quarters of a billion dollars, 750 million. Um, 666 Fifth Avenue was going for a billion dollars in 2007, albeit that was before the crash, but still. Um, And there were some like random buildings like, you know, the. 160 Madison Avenue, just an ordinary building. Yeah, nice, but just never heard of it, never would look twice, was going for $600 million. And they're saying that according to the professional appraisers, it doesn't matter what the appraisers, you know, everybody comes in. It's an art, not a science, appraising, appraising, right? Isn't it? It's, it's you know, different people notice different things. And haven't you ever heard of somebody, you know, wanting to sell their house for, say, $900,000, and then they got to cut the price, right? So I heard once that a, that a house is worth whatever somebody is willing. You can price something at whatever somebody is willing to pay for it. That's a pretty good principle. The other thing we're not hearing about, and I wonder why, Letitia James, no one else seems to be talking about Donald Trump's tax returns anymore. The tax returns were turned over to the the House committee that desperately wanted them, uh, was saying for years that this would show Donald Trump complete fraud. No, he's not really even a billionaire. No, no, no. 
Uh, haven't heard a peep about that. That happened all the way back in December when the committees got their hands on them and uh, nothing. Well, maybe they're building up to something. Oh, yeah, they'd be leaking like crazy. They'd be leaking like crazy. Stormy Daniels, that was five years ago we first learned about her. Five years ago. Leaks, specials, documentaries, uh, tweet, you know, just anyway, poor guy. How does he put up with it? How does he put up with it? Donald Trump, that is. Um, did you see his? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a little bit late. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I think he, he said you got to be less like a military guy. They shot him. What? <laughs> more like, more like De Valera. <laughs> oh, sit down. He's been speaking for 40 minutes. That's Joe Biden right now at the Irish Parliament. What is he doing? He's not funny. Let me one more time. I really mean it. We can do so much. I really mean it. We really got. We we can. We can. We're already friends with Ireland. What's he talking about? It breaks down on faith in ourselves, our values. Oh yeah. Because no matter what party we belong to, our values are the same. Goodbye. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> uh, this is not good. Not good. Value. He doesn't value hard work. He's on vacation over there. Do you see him going on the tour? Hey, I got a little nasty call here from Lydia. Says, oh, Donald Trump doesn't finagle. And that's a pejorative word. It's actually not that pejorative. It's lost its sting. Finagling? Yeah. I mean, actually, quite frankly, if you read Art of the Deal, um, you know, he, he kind of owns up to some of these things. I mean, you got to push it. You got to hustle a little bit. When I say finagle some tickets, that doesn't mean, you know, steal the tickets. It means, you know, use whatever you can. You know, all your, you may have to use a little bit of trickery. I don't know. Uh, uh, it's not the, it's not the right. He actually says in the near, he loves this little quote that he used every trick in the book to maximize Trump Tower's size. <laughs> yes, every trick in the book. A little bit of trickery, holistic trickery is uh, is fine. What he's going through now, though, that's not fine, and that's totally, totally uh, unwarranted. All right, everything he did, well, it's customary, customary, and accepted. Give me a moment, please. Many thanks. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, they know who the guy is uh, who's leaking that stuff. Investigators are focusing on a young member of the Massachusetts Air National Guard as the key suspect in the leak of hundreds of pages of classified military intelligence. The Post reports to an online group of friends, disclosures that later spilled out into the wider world in a series of embarrassing disclosures last week. According to multiple people familiar with the matter, uh, let's see, the people familiar with the case speaking on the condition of anonymity said Thursday morning that the individual... Jack Teixeira has not been charged or arrested in the matter while investigators continue to gather evidence. Teixeira, Jack Teixeira. Hmm. Do we know any Teixeiras? Mark Teixeira. That's the only Teixeira. Uh, Probably no relation. The Washington Post reported Wednesday that the individual who leaked the information shared secret documents with a small circle of online friends. One person familiar with Teixeira said he was a junior member of the military but had access to highly sensitive information through his role as an IT tech within the military organization. By the way, this happens all the time after a uh, uh, a spy scandal or a leak of classified information. 
often, not always, but often, it's a very young enlisted man who had access to the material. And for about uh, three months, there are congressional committees, and they're like, why does a, a junior enlisted man have access to all of these secrets? And then they go right back to letting junior enlisted men, senior enlisted men, officers, juniors, senior, whatever, everybody has access to the stuff. They never, and there's more classified material than ever before. Um it happens all the time. The, the Walker case, the spy ring. Walker, remember that in the 80s? Um, probably not, but um, he was a very young sailor. He, his father got him to do it. His father was an older sailor. Then he convinced his son, a technician on the USS Nimitz, to start stealing secrets to give them to the Russians for money. For money. Um, let's see. One person to share, a junior member of the military, uh, a Facebook post from the 102nd Intelligence Wing. To this day, these units kind of get me confused. The 102nd Intelligence Wing. Now, I was in the military, and like, there's never a, is there a 103rd Intelligence Wing or a 101st Intelligence Wing? It does not work that way. You would think that there are 102, at least, Intelligence Wings, but uh, no. With the headquarters at Otis Air National Guard Base on Cape Cod, uh, somebody on Facebook congratulated the guy for getting a promotion last July. This is a fast-moving investigation. It started in early April when Pentagon officials first became aware that documents about an extraordinary range of subjects exposed how the United States spies on friends and foes alike. The leak of dozens of top-secret pages also upset senior Ukrainian officials who had sought to keep details of their military's vulnerabilities hidden as Russia's war with Ukraine grinds on into its second year. All right, no arrest yet. Uh, looks like it's imminent for Mr. Teixeira here. Now, one little thing that may not get him off the hook, but in less trouble than perhaps a, well, a spy. I mean, he wasn't selling these secrets for money, and he wasn't purposely, as far as we can tell, giving them to the enemy. He was sharing them with his friends. Uh, still, uh, you can get in big trouble for that stuff. Hey, if you can get in trouble for uh, looking at the Capitol building on January 6th, <laughs> you, can, you can go to jail for the rest of your life, if not be put to death probably for some of this stuff. Um, is Donald Trump? No, he's still testifying. The last time, I think Letitia James, they wanted him to say, because he's not going to tell Letitia James anything. I wouldn't tell Letitia James a damn thing. You know, that whole thing, anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Uh, they design little traps, and why bother? Just no. I I don't have to prove my innocence. You have to prove my guilt. You, it's up. It's on you. Now I don't trust the attorney general at all. Uh, what they did to the Trump Family Foundation was a crime. Was an absolute crime. They broke up the Trump Foundation, which was a good charitable organization had zero expenses all of the money went directly to charity well what about that painting that trump bought with charity funds that really that really gets my irish up it really gets my irish up if you ever been to a gala dinner you know when they have those auctions at the end all right we have a uh a weekend at uh, the this is resort in this Catskills. What's that resort that everybody likes up there? The Montpelier House. What's that thing called again? Oh gosh. The anyway, they give away you know dinners with uh, Chef Ramsay. They give away uh, all expenses paid trip to Yankee Stadium. You get to sit in the owner's box. That kind of stuff. So with charity funds. They bought a 
um, a portrait. An artist could would make a portrait of Donald Trump, and they did that, and they hung the portrait up in the club. The money went to charity. The artist donated to the charity his services. You put that stuff up there, you need people to bid on it, okay? That's kind of in the, the spirit of the whole thing. You've seen those things, right, where they have the charity auction Every now and then I have to MC something and they say, can you do that? I'm like, I don't know. I, I will not do that part. You got to get an auctioneer. I just don't want to do that. I can't hassle and I don't want to hustle. I don't want to, you know, get people. Come on. We got more people to want, you know, no, I don't, I don't do that. Um, some people are really good at it. I don't like to do that. Rich in Pennsylvania. Hello. Thanks, Greg. I just want to discuss the psychology behind this young man doing the damage he did by leaking this. What he's living in is a total fractured, broken-down administration from the White House right down into the military, and he has no idea of the consequences, and he has no idea of the severity of his uh, condition and position inside the government. So it's a lack of oversight, and it's a lack of uh, direction. Well, who, uh, wait, 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 wait. I mean, it says right on the damn paperwork, you know, secret. Do not release. What? How much oversight? The government has a hell of a lot of oversight. I mean, like, who do you think should have been giving him more oversight? Maybe he just doesn't think that the consequences will be great. Well, I, I mentioned. Well, I mentioned that you know we've been letting spies off the hook, Snowden. Uh, Chelsea Manning, right? No consequences for them. So maybe they forgot. He's only 21 years old. Maybe he doesn't read the newspaper. Well, I don't know. The the word oversight got my attention. Um, uh, Yeah, I know. It's bad news, man. Anyway, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And I love your show, Greg. I listen every single day. But don't ask me if I watch your Newsmax show at night because I'm a sleepyhead by then. No, I understand. I understand. It is on pretty late. Uh, but uh, but 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 ten o'clock. It's a great show. I'm very very proud of it, and I can do things there that I I can't do here, and vice versa. Oh, by the way, so hey, thank you for your support. Um, do you know that there is a master class? Have you ever heard of the master class? You can take film lessons with um, uh, Ron Howard. You can even take a leadership course with Bill Clinton. No kidding, Bill Clinton on leadership. Cut seventeen, please. We'll need to feel the potential to create a better tomorrow. This class is unlike anything I've ever done. I'll be teaching skills I developed and used in very challenging leadership positions. And I hope that those skills will help you in your personal and professional lives. Well, I um, he's just a politician. I mean, he's a very smooth politician. Leadership, it's such an artificial kind of construct, I think, being a politician, if they're going to give lessons on leadership. So much of it has to do with money, and we never see that part of it, right? Raising money, asking for money, doing favors. Is that leadership? Leadership is getting somebody, getting things done when you really don't have that much in the way of incentive. How do you get people to follow you into a dangerous situation where – if they don't follow you into that dangerous situation, they'll be just as fine, well off financially. They'll what what's in it for them? That that is the art of leadership. That's that's tough. I don't know about political leadership, but as far as presidential leadership, the one who can give a master class in that, in my opinion, if you didn't see that Tucker Carlson interview, I talked about it yesterday. Totally awesome, and I've never heard a president express this kind of regret. He fired 
57 missiles or so into Syria shortly into his presidency. Do you remember that? I mean, the chemical weapons that were being used. And here he is talking about he's, you know, he's sorrowful for those who were killed. Russians were killed. Cut 18. I sadly killed a lot of Russian soldiers, that 500 group, because they were doing things that they weren't supposed to. Nobody writes that, and I don't want them to write it. I'm not proud of it, but we did that. Isn't that interesting? I've never heard a president really talk about that. A successful mission. Um, nobody really actually, even with everything they, the left hates about Trump, he was given basically high marks for that. He didn't have to bring that up, but he remembers. I mean, that this is the consequences of military action. You, you, sometimes you can feel remorse, even when your enemy dies. Now, this was a, a brutal moment and fascinating as well. Cut 19. He's talking about uh, one of his conversations with President Xi of China. Cut 19. I told him, you can't go into Taiwan. You can't. You can't do it. I won't tell you exactly what I said, but it was something that... Probably a lot of people wouldn't like if they heard it, but it was very tough. Don't go into Taiwan. If you do, we're going to have problems. Other than that, we're going to be great relationship. We're going to have a great relationship. And he said to me when I said we're going to do something, if he goes in, no, 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 you wouldn't do it. I'll do that. I swear I'll do that. I'll do that. I swear I'll do that. I swear to God I'll do that. What was it? He wouldn't say what it was. He said a lot of people wouldn't like it. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, you know, sometimes you just leadership is not looking at a briefing book and, and repeating what some bureaucrat back at the state department told you to say, it's not leadership. You got, you got to be fast on your feet. And I know this, I know this, the world leaders, they, they had respect for him. They know that he accomplished amazing things. Becoming president when you're Trump, that's amazing. All right. The stuff he did over decades, that's amazing. Joe Biden hanging around Washington, D.C., becoming U.S. senator from a a nowhere state. That's not so amazing. That's not going to impress uh, President Xi. And here's something that uh, got my attention, too. What we should be worried about. Global warming. Forget global warming. There's another kind of warming. Cut 20. The problem we have, the biggest problem we have in the whole world, it's not global warming. It's nuclear warming. And all it takes is one madman. And you're going to have a problem the likes of which the world has never seen. And it's only a matter of seconds. You don't have to wait two to three hundred years for it to happen. So he was talking about um, a nuclear bomb in the hands of a madman. You know, nuclear nuclear warming. That's like if a bomb were to go off a thousand times more powerful than the Hiroshima bomb, that would have... (laughs) Global environmental ramifications. Forget about a one-eighth of an inch in 300 years. What would that do? Overnight, in seconds, it would change everything. And it's something that he says he talked about a lot with Putin and others. Nuclear security. That is something. I told you about that book I read, uh, The Fifth Horseman, back in the 80s. Great book about uh, a nuclear bomb smuggled into New York. And uh, the, the, the struggle to uncover it and get it. And they had a nest team, the nuclear emergency search team. I think they still have them. I know the NYPD, at least when my father was there, they had like these very advanced Geiger counters that you could just point it at a ship and figure out if it had an unusual amount of nuclear material on board. You know, I mean, there's, a, there's nuclear material. There's radiation. You go to a playground, there's radiation. There's actual nuclear radiation at a typical playground. It's very, very small, but it's there. 
Um, and they have these very sophisticated machines that when I, I was amazed and it's not like I'm telling you any secrets. I saw this, <laughs> I saw it on 60 minutes. Okay. They were profiled. It's it very, very cool what they can do. Um, so Joe, I am convinced is not running and that's what this is. This is his almost his farewell tour. The last time he can be a big shot on the international stage and bring family and friends you know, he's not a lame duck yet. He soon will be. The next time he goes overseas and he's not running for president, it's like nobody cares. Uh, and so that's why Gavin Newsom is really, really ramping things up. And how do you do that? How do you become a superstar in the Democrat Party these days? You lie your ass off. Cut 25, please. Cut 25. I'm here in Sarasota, Florida, at New College. And we're here just to remind everybody of what's happening in Florida and other states like it. Guys like Ron DeSantis, these functionally authoritarian leaders passing bills like don't say gay, threatening classroom instruction, criminalizing teachers, criminalizing librarians, banning books, banning speech, coming to colleges like this and taking over the universities. Wow. Wow, that's authoritarian. Well, everything you said there uh, was either a flat-out lie or a terrible, terrible distortion, all right? You know, banning books. We're talking about the uh, uh, the pornography, all right, the pornographic books. We don't, And there are pornographic books that the left, they're in love with these books. They push um, a hypersexual LGBTQ agenda. Not everybody LGBTQ is hypersexual or focused on children. But uh, this movement absolutely is. And what Ron DeSantis is pushing back against, it's wholesome. People agree with it. People who are LGBT, actually, many agree with it. As he rips on Ron DeSantis in Florida, uh, how many people are leaving California or entering California? I think it's like 3,000 people every single day. The population diminishes by like 3,000 people every day in uh, California and goes up like, 4,000 in Florida. Florida is the place to be. Everybody knows it. I don't care how skinny Gavin Newsom is. I don't care how much gel he uses in his hair. He's never going to be able to, um, well, you never know. I mean, there are some people who choose to live in a in a different world. Oh, what a panderer. Uh, I'm going to explain this scene when they're singing. Cut 24, please. All right. So uh, that was not uh, very impressive, actually. So I'm watching like a 50-year-old woman just walking around the room, clapping, singing in not a particularly um, impressive way. And he's clapping like this, is, and he's like so amused, like this is really great. This is pandering. It was awkward. These are adults. These are adults. It's not a kindergarten class. And he's treating it like, wow, this is really fantastic. It's pandering. And it's the lowering of expectations uh, and standards, which I notice that a lot of Democrats do when they're in certain settings for some reason. Hmm. Um, one other thing about this guy, because I do think he's going to be the nominee, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. Uh, been around for a, a long time. He's a career politician, pretty boy, and... Uh, I I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. Give me another one. Cut 27. This is a preview of things to come. 
They want to bring us back to a pre-1960s world. Coming to colleges like this and taking over the universities to instill their version of ideological rigidity, oh. not freedom. All right, again, we just don't want teachers um, pushing sex on kids. There's enough of that happening right now with the cell phones. Ever look at the New York Post? And oh, by the way, he keeps on talking. They're taking over this college. They're taking over this college. Well, it's a state college. It is a state college that had gone totally and unbelievably woke. And DeSantis said, you know what? I think I'd like a new uh, a new curriculum and a new president and a new faculty. It's a state college. You're allowed to do it. And he just got reelected by about a two million vote margin. I don't want him for president this time, but he's a good guy. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow, there is a huge fire, an industrial fire in Richmond, Indiana. Black smoke like crazy. What is going on there? Uh, They're calling it an industrial fire. You notice we're getting a lot of these things lately? I don't know what kind of industrial plant this is, but this looks very, very, very intense. Black smoke, like seven, eight. Nine, ten football fields, um, and it's solid. I can't see what's on fire. It's just solid black smoke. Keep an eye on that. That's Indiana. Uh, terrible, huh? And we are East Palestine. I hope those guys are doing well. We don't hear about that as much anymore. And uh, Joe never gave it the intention it deserves, did he? No, not one bit. Bob in Connecticut. Hi. Hey, Greg. How you doing? I hope you're good. Hey. These young guys that release secrets, maybe they're just pissed. You know what, Bob? I think you might be right about that. You always sound like this. About 35 years ago, there was a guy that worked for the company on Langley and wanted to come home for his daughter and my sister's wedding. And the president of the country where he was wasn't letting him out, and he couldn't get a boat to pick him off off the coast. So he had to make some promises that he'd come back. Wow. So he could get out of the country. What country? Eh, you're not going to say. Eh, you're all talk. All right. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But, Bob, if you know it, I think I should know it. Anyway, Bob, thank you. Best to the wife. I think that's the one we gave the uh, the lift to from Grand Central to Penn Station. I'm glad everything worked out that day. And nice to hear from you, I think. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. So, uh, yeah, this thing's been on fire for a while, actually. I missed it this morning, that uh, Indiana plant fire. Recycling plant, toxic smoke. It's been declared toxic. Richmond, Indiana, and uh, there's an evacuation order in effect. Uh, very, very bad. It does seem like we've had a lot more of these big uh, kind of conflagrations, right? Uh, it's just uh, more and more. It's kind of strange. I think a lot of people are 
Well, I don't know. I don't know. One thing that is happening, a lot of folks are keeping uh, their eye off the ball. They're, 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 they're losing uh, focus, uh, in part because of the phone. Where the hell is Richmond in Indiana? It's in the eastern part of the state. Uh, I only know where Gary is. I think Gary's like in the upper left-hand corner. Indianapolis is in the middle. And um, and now this place, uh, Richmond, is in Wayne County. And uh, fortunately, no fatalities reported, but I have not seen smoke like this. I mean, that thick, including 9-11, to be honest. I mean, the, the, the plume is like so much bigger. Massive, massive, massive. Um, no fatalities? Well, well, that's good. Hey, you see, they really are putting pressure now on Senator Dianne Feinstein of California to quit because she's too old and has not shown up for work since February, two months ago. Dianne Feinstein. Now, if she does step down, guess what? Uh, they're going to make another Democrat senator in about eight seconds. What happens is if you step down um, in the middle of your term, the governor gets to pick your successor, no matter what party that governor is in. Now, it happens to be Gavin Newsom, a Democrat. He's going to pick somebody, you know, very liberal and, and probably a person of color and probably an LGBTQIA plus and, a, you know, an amputee and all these other things. All right. I mean, whatever. Um, it's going to be somebody even crazier than Dianne Feinstein. I'm going to say something about Dianne Feinstein, actually. Um, she's not as crazy as a lot of the other liberals. I think she did something horrible to Kavanaugh. I'm going to talk about her, though, back in the 90s. I know something about her. And also back in the 70s when she well became the mayor of San Francisco in the wake of the sitting mayor getting shot in the head. Anybody remember that? Yeah. Uh, George, the Moscone was the mayor. And like the city council chief shot him, shot him and a guy named Harvey Milk, and she became the mayor. And I remember her in the aftermath of that. I was a little kid, but I thought she did a pretty good job. But this is what I've heard about her. Um, and this was true in the 90s. As far as the border, as far as federal law enforcement issues, she was tough and she was smart. So I kind of like that. All right. Uh, I, I can't account for her <laughs> last 20 years. Um, uh, she's probably going to go. It's funny that Democrats are demanding now. They're, they're saying it out loud that she must resign, and they're threatening her somehow. I don't know what they can threaten her with. It's really up to her. What are they going to do, make her sit outside? They can't do that. Um, but nobody says a damn word about Fetterman, John Fetterman. Now, John Fetterman had a physiological uh, episode, a stroke, and we all saw you ask him a question, 30 seconds go by before he can figure out the answer. Somebody types it up and he reads it. I mean, it's it's pathetic. And they lied, they cheated, and they stole. I do believe, yes, they did all kinds of trickery to get that guy to that get got that guy in the US Senate. It's incredible. And the stuff they said about Dr. Oz, just a a beautiful man in so many ways. I know some people in MAGA uh, were suspicious. You didn't have to be. Uh he's totally MAGA. And by the way, if he slipped, I would have been there pushing him right back into the MAGA camp. And I don't think he would have slipped. I think he would have been a great U.S. senator. Now we've got this. I'm sorry. He looks like Frankenstein. And he's not he, he can't do the job. Uh, they kept that from us. And all this early voting stuff. <laughs> what if something happens You know, late in the campaign? Like 80 percent of the, the state voted by the middle of October. Before the debate, where we all saw that he had massive problems. Anyway, wow. 
It is not a world that's on the level. It's not on the level. You think it is. You think the media is. You see how they're responding to this abortion pill ruling from the judge in Amarillo, Texas. He says that abortion pill was uh, approved incorrectly, erroneously by the FDA uh, more than 20 years ago. Now, the details get rather complicated, but I always thought abortion in a pill uh, was a little bit too convenient. It, it should be a little bit tricky to get an abortion. It really should. And also, guys, you shouldn't be. Um, there are ways to not get a girl pregnant, right? We all know that. Okay? Right? All right? All right? All right? All right? So uh, I don't like abortion. Uh, I think that the Hobbs uh, decision and overturning Roe v. Wade was actually a great thing because a state that uh, a state, a nation state that has that kind of permissive attitude uh, toward the unborn, uh, that's uh, that's a sick state and that that was federal policy. Well, that said a lot. And ever since Roe v. Wade was passed in the early 1970s, a lot of other things started happening that have been bad for people, especially men. Oh, by the way, and women, but men, too. Oh, why am I men? There's a study, basically, that all this talk about toxic masculinity and how men need to step down. And, you know, there's men, men, men are the root of the problem. Uh, men are more depressed than ever before. Men are more depressed than ever before. I'm going to go into that in a, in a little while. Uh, oh, Tim Scott. Tim Scott, Republican from South Carolina. I told you guys this was not going to work out. Now, he came out with his um, sleek campaign video. And even there, I knew I knew that there was going to be a problem. But it was pretty sleek, and I like him. He's a career politician, um, but too many cliches, just too many. You ready for this? Cut 22, please. Cut 22. I will defend the Judeo-Christian foundation our nation is built on and protect our religious liberty. I will stand up to communist China and restore opportunities for hardworking Americans to thrive and prosper. I will fight to give every parent a choice in education so their children have a better chance in life. All right. All that stuff's great, and I support all that stuff. But I will fight. I will do this. I will do that. I mean, I know we all support those issues. We all feel that way. What makes you qualified to do any of that stuff? And that's the problem, as I see it. And I look at his resume, and it's quite frankly not all that. It's very fine. It's very respectable. But is it presidential level stuff? And part of the thing here is, look, I, as a black man and as a Republican, I screw up the narrative of the Democrats. He says this out loud. All right. And I can prove that America is land of opportunity. You know, I uh, I'm not signing up for that. All right. Obama basically said much the same thing. At one point he did. And I could be an inspiration and an agent of change and all this stuff. And people who have a narrative, it's people who write out a narrative, um, they're in love with the narrative. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you say. Their narrative is going to – now, he did do that whole thing about um, – let's see. Is this the one where he talks about the single mother? Cut 23. See, I was raised by a single mother in poverty. The spoons in our apartment were plastic, not silver. But we had faith. We put in the work, and we had an unwavering belief that we, too, could live the American dream. 
I know America is a land of opportunity, not a land of oppression. I know it because I've lived it. All right, that's beautiful stuff. I, I mean, I agree, and I like it to a point, to a point. I just don't think it's presidential caliber. It's funny. I don't think you, you look at Donald Trump. Did he ever talk about I was I was born in Queens to a loving couple? Like he doesn't. Nobody really cares. What can you do? What have you done? What have you accomplished? And he really never got around to that. And now he's on the campaign trail. And I don't know. I don't think this went very well. He can't figure out his position on, on abortion. Is that the issue? He sits down with the fake news. He should be. He should be basically smacking these people around, showing who's boss, but it didn't go that way. Go ahead. You have talked a lot about your faith on the campaign trail as well. Um, I want to ask you about your stance on whether the federal government should be involved in regulating abortion. Your colleague from South Carolina, Lindsey Graham, has a bill to limit uh, abortions at 15 weeks, federal restriction. Do you support that measure? Yeah, so I, I would say this, that I am certainly 100% pro-life, without any question. I, I've been very very clear about that, very uh, consistent about that. I, I do think we spend not enough time understanding how far the far left has gone on the issue of abortion. The Senate Democrats have voted for late-term abortions well into the third trimester, some even suggesting that we should have abortion up until the day of birth. The, the fact that we are one of a handful of countries that allows for late-term abortions is a challenging uh, predicament for us to be in. But in order to solve that, do you think the federal government should be involved with uh, something like what Lindsey Graham is proposing? Yeah, there's no question that we're going to have lots of folks talk about legislation um, from a federal perspective. But what I've heard so far and what I've seen in the Senate aren't proposals, but votes from the left trying to figure out how to continue their campaign towards late-term abortions, even allowing abortions based on the gender of the child or the race of the child or the disabilities of the child. But as, a pre- as president, if you were president, would you advocate for federal limits? Yeah. So once again, I, I once again, I'm 100% pro-life, and I, I do believe so, yes. that. No, that's not what I said. I, I do believe that we should have a robust conversation about what's happening in the on a very important topic. There's no doubt that when I'm sitting in a banking hearing, having a conversation about financial issues, and you have the Secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen, talking about young, poor, African-American women having abortions to increase their labor force participation rate, I was stunned into silence. So while the issue, the underlying issue is so incredibly important, how we solve that problem is by getting everybody to the table and having that conversation. All right. I'm sorry. That's a little bit uh, a little bit too indecisive, quite frankly, not uh, articulate enough, not eloquent enough, not powerful enough. Um, I, there's a lot there to like as well. All right. I like the guy. Uh, I think he's a, looks like he's an effective United States senator. Is this presidential level stuff? Uh, not so sure about that. And maybe neither is he. So this is Tim Scott, Republican of South Carolina, just made that announcement yesterday, the Exploratory Committee. So he's on the Fox and Friends show uh, this morning, and they ask him, can you beat Trump? Go ahead with that, please. Launch the Exploratory Committee. Obviously, you're going to run for president. Currently on the Republican side, Donald Trump is leading in uh, all the polls for the most part. Obviously, you wouldn't be getting in unless you thought you could beat him. What is your plan to do that? 
There's no doubt that along the path of my Faith in America tour, what I've heard is that people truly want to have a conversation about their future. I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> my life literally is only possible here in America. I like to call it made in America. When you start in a single parent household, <laughs> mired in poverty, you watch your mother work 16 hour days. You question right, stop, whether or not. Stop. You know, I mean, it's he doesn't get around to answering the question. He can't like, you know. We are going to take on that guy. You just got to. We are accustomed. We don't want anybody beating around the bush anymore. Uh, there's not enough time. We're all in a rush. All right. That's the way it works now. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Tim Scott does not have it. I don't even think he wants it. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I'm relieved that my role is now, for the time being, over. I have complied with every request that was asked of me by the district attorney's office. Duh. My position Michael is that Cohen. at the end of the day, Donald Trump needs to be held accountable for his dirty deeds. Dirty deeds. His dirty deeds. <laughs> Michael Cohen. That's another, oh gosh, pathetic soul. Hey, this is justice. He's getting sued for $500 million by Donald Trump himself for breach of contract. Yeah, what about that attorney-client privilege stuff? Isn't that supposed to be sacred? Isn't, like, a doctor not supposed to say anything about you to uh, other people, like at a cocktail party? You can't talk about your medical condition, and lawyers are not allowed to do that. It's overlooked by everybody. Uh, Jim is in Florida. Uh, hello, Jim. Where Where are you down there? I'm in Spring Hill, north of Tampa, uh, visiting my mother. <clears throat> How are you, Greg? Good. What's going on? My mother is a former New Yorker from Queens. Um, I was a White House reporter for a while, so I'm on Twitter now and then, and Michael Cohen got mad at me for something I said. He said that he had not um, not not really been guilty of the tax evasion, which was the main heart of the charge, as you know. A million dollars he didn't report. Uh, no, $4 million dollars he didn't report. He didn't pay a million dollars on $4 million in income. Yeah, no, he's totally guilty. Excellent. Excellent. You did, yeah. So I think he owed a million and he didn't pay it. And now he's saying, well, that was just something the uh, DOJ came up with uh, to insulate Trump from my main charge about Stormy Daniels. Basically, what he's trying to do is set up a narrative that the only reason he went to prison was for Trump. And that's totally untrue. This guy is a total liar. Yeah, he is. If they put him on the stand, he's going to devastate the case well, i don't think it's going to get that far this thing is going to be dismissed but he is lying and if you look at the charging document and the plea agreement it's it's all about the the taxi medallions and his real estate fraud and the income he didn't report at the end they mention all this crap about campaign finance which is crap hey jim where were you a white house reporter can you say yeah i can say uh, for 18 months i worked for life set which was owned by uh laura ingram um I got the first question three times. That was a big story at the time from Sean Spicer. And then Sarah Huckabee gave me the first question once. I kind of remember uh, this. We, I kind of remember that he was, they were going, yeah, they were picking on, uh, you know, like they weren't necessarily going to ABC News first. Good for you. I didn't know Laura Ingram had this whole setup. What's it called? Well, she's, uh, she's out of it now. But, but like Tucker Carlson, she had her own website for a while, Daily Caller. Laura had life set. Mm. And, um, um, that's where 
you know, I thought Michael Cohen was a loyal soldier. I, I never expected this. I, I told you, I, I'm kind of shocked, but there was always something kind of sleazy about Michael Cohen. And kind of dumb, too. I met him once in 20, it was a long time ago, like like 10 years ago. And I was at a fun run for St. Jude's Hospital. Well, it was a walkathon, really. At least we walked across the bridge, the Brooklyn Bridge. And, you know, you walk uh, two miles with somebody, you talk, and he t- he starts telling me kind of out of the blue, I'm going to run for mayor. I could be the next mayor. I'm going to be the mayor. I'm going to be the mayor. I'm like, uh, no, you're not. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? He got all offended. I can be the mayor. And I'm like, uh, nobody knows who you are. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, you're not the most impressive character around. And I just found it very um, delusional. And he's a delusional guy. And uh, unfortunately, oh, by the way, he was never Trump's real lawyer. Oh, by the way, he was like an errand person. If you look it up, you can. Uh, how much did he get paid by Donald Trump? $75,000 a year. And he's got real attorneys who get real money. Donald Trump is a is a litigious person. He'll tell you that, a litigious person. And Mark Kazowitz and all those guys, I mean, these are heavyweight lawyers, not... I'm Michael Cohen, sorry, from Kalamazoo Law School. Hey, Jim, thanks a lot. Best to your mom, and I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, busted, busted, busted. They got the guy, the uh, leaker, the suspected leaker of all that classified stuff up in, uh, it looks like CNN got the scoop. They had a helicopter flying over his house, and uh, they got the guy. Uh, are we still going with the name we were talking about earlier? Teixeira, is that the guy? Uh, he was wearing a green T-shirt and, uh, like, red kind of boxer type, like, boxing shorts you know those like satiny boxing shorts they're long and uh ooh, the swat team showed up this guy and they are really not screwing around wait a second what's going on why do they all right he's they got him in the car why do they have a tank there why do they have a tank there what is going on the swat team shows up it's a kid 21 years old i mean i know you got to bring guns you have to bring the tank it's like when they uh, there he is again all right, yeah, red shorts, uh, black socks, weird, uh, with sneakers. That's always a bad look. Um, 21-year-old Air National Guardsman from Massachusetts is in custody. Now, the only thing is, and I think, look, he made a huge, huge mistake. This is bad stuff. But there are a couple of uh, mitigating factors. Number one, Barack Obama let Bradley Manning go, Chelsea Manning, and then the media culture just embraced Chelsea Manning, got this award. They actually gave her a Woman of the Year award for spying. They invited her to Harvard to be a visiting fellow. Do you remember this? The Chelsea Manning, the Bradley Manning became a woman, and that's another reason why they liked her. How about uh, Ed Snowden? Oh, he's so interesting looking. Somebody once told me, could you imagine if Ed Snowden had a southern accent and wore, like, those thick flannel shirts? There would have been an entirely different national attitude toward him. Anyway, uh, since he looked a certain way, he basically got a pass from the elites. 
He's the one who uh, did a total data dump, national security. Now, I know there are some people out there who think, well, you know, he pointed out a lot of domestic spying and that kind of thing. Well, he could have gone to Capitol Hill. He could have gone to um, who would have been a good senator to go to, Rand Paul or somebody like that, and say, hey, uh, the government's doing a lot of things it shouldn't be doing. I think you got to know this stuff, and I don't want to give up any secrets, but i got to tell you this. That would have worked. They could have had hearings, but no, he had to go give it to... Uh, well, where is he now? Russia. And he's getting awards. All right, so the the only thing that mitigates this, and the guy made a huge mistake and must be punished if it's all true, and it looks like it is. He did not sell this stuff to the, uh, he did not deliberately give it to the enemy, although putting it online, the next best thing, I guess, right? And uh, it doesn't look like he got any money. All right, I think that kind of uh, slightly mitigating thing, you know? Amy in Long Island, where on Long Island are you? Um, Floor Park. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. What's up? You were talking about, oh, I love your show, by the way. I do. And I love your snarkiness. Um, You were talking about Dianne Feinstein and how the Democrats want to get rid of her. Mm -hmm. And Newsom can appoint somebody as the Senate. Yeah. How much you want to bet it's Adam Schiff? Uh, I'll bet you a lot of money that it won't be Adam Schiff, actually. Why? couple of things. Um, Adam Schiff is running for the Senate, but so is a woman named uh, Lee, I think. Ba- Barbara Lee. She's a Congress a member of Congress of California. Uh, so she's running and she happens to be, uh, I think she's a, she's a little bit black and a little bit Asian. All right. She's a woman of color. And Gavin Newsom cannot just appoint Adam Schiff in a competitive uh, uh, primary that's in progress. It's it's going to make why wouldn't he do that? It's going to make uh, a lot of Democrats, a lot of important Democrats mad at him. And this is not a guy. These people, they don't stick their neck out for anybody. All right. So he's not going to appoint Adam Schiff. Does that make sense? Um, It does, because she checks off the boxes. I understand that. Yeah. And he's not going to. So and he's not even going to appoint her, though. I'm not saying he's going to appoint Barbara Lee. He's going to appoint like some older person, uh, university professor, just somebody you know, a caretaker, an interim person who, with the understanding that they will not run for election in their own right. They'll finish out the term and the real campaign between Schiff and um, Barbara Lee as that, as that unfolds. That's what's going to go down, I believe. I could be wrong. Who knows? But I'm pretty sure about that one. You're more on top of this than I am. So no thank problem. you for letting me know. Of hey, course, Amy. How close are you to Belmont Park? Uh, actually, they're right down the block. It's so cool. It's so quiet. I remember once walking was, through uh, Floral Park, and like there it is. It like it just surprises you. You know, you turn the corner, and there it is. I'll tell you. I this morning when I got up and I let my dog out, I could smell the horses. I could smell the racetrack. Oh, that doesn't so. sound like. A... <laughs> actually, it's a clean. It, it you get used to it. It's like a clean smell. You know, it's like a barn. It smells like a barn. Hey, one thing about Floral Park. Uh, did you know that John Williams, the composer, is from was is from Floral Park. Did you know that? No, I did not. Do you know who that is? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> well, let me let me let me see if you recognize any of these tunes. Hold on a second. I'm going to play you something here. He grew up and why he was there. I always figured he was from Britain or something like that. Where the heck is this thing? I got to listen to the ad first. I don't like that. Oh gosh. All right. Superman. He did all those songs. He did all those great songs. He right there in Floral Park. His dad was a like played the clarinet in the city. I think. Hold on a second. I just hear one song. Played the clarinet. Really? What a coincidence! Seriously. Um, 
Uh, I don't even. I can't. Uh, no, that's not no, a good I get one. It, though. You do. I get it. Yes. He did Raiders of the Lost Ark. He did all oh, kinds wow. of great. He did, did all he kinds win an of Academy great things. Award for the, did he win? Yeah, he's won like ten. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right, Amy. Thanks. Here. for Nice catching up. I'll see you later. Um, that is kind of cool. I like I, the Floral Park. It's right next to Garden City, pretty much. Um, what's this? Eric Trump? No, Eric. Tr- Eric Trump is such a solid guy. You know the Trump family. They are very impressive people, and that they've been made to go through all this. Ooh, this is exciting. Now I see the guy with his hands on his head. They're playing video from a little while ago. I mean, they uh, they had him come out of the house, put your hands on your head, that kind of thing, and they got that great big tank. A great big tank the FBI has. And these look like soldiers. I got to say this about the cops and some of the military gear that they wear. Sometimes you can't tell they're cops. I, I noticed that, like, I, what are you guys? What the hell are you guys? Stormtroopers? What's up with the outfit? What's up with the equipment? I mean, you can wear body armor. Sure, that's great. You need that stuff. But how about putting the word police on the front and on the back? I noticed this, especially on January 6th. There are a lot of, um, there are a lot of cops walking around, not doing too much, oh, by the way. I write about this in my book, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. You have cops wearing all this body armor. It doesn't say police, and they're not doing anything. And, oh, by the way, no, it's not Antifa. These guys are very close to the Capitol, although Antifa was there. Definitely. 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 Mike and Wayne, yeah. Greg, what's up? Big fire about... 400, 500 acres up in Echo Lakes in West Milford right now. And the issue is Picatinny Arsenal is not too far away. So, And that's a um, – they store all kinds of stuff there. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, okay. Yeah. We were talking about fires before. I'm just telling, letting you know that's all. You right. No, I mean? somebody uh, else said uh, 1,000 acres. That's a That's a big fire. I haven't seen anything on the news about it, though. Can you smell it? Oh, yeah. Now, I'm about 12 miles away in Wayne, New Jersey, and I can see the smoke over, like, still in the sky. Hmm. So, that's how big it is. All right. All right. Yeah, that's uh, that's bad. A lot of these things happening. Uh, a lot of these things more and more. Thank you very much, pal. Uh, oh, Elon Musk, this was really great. You go to interview Elon Musk, you better have done your homework. Uh, I guess we already did that, but it's, it's good stuff. Can I just play my favorite part? Okay, my favorite part is uh, the, third, the middle one. Cut 30, please. Elon Musk confronts the fake news. Cut 30. Can you name one example? I, I honestly don't. I, I, honestly, I you don't, can't name I, a single example. I'll tell you why. Because I don't actually use that for you feed anymore. Because I, I just don't particularly like it. But you and said actually, you, a lot of people. A lot of people are quite similar. I, I, I only. Well, I only look well at hang my, on a second. You said you've seen more hateful content, but you can't name a single example. Not even one. I'm not sure I've used that feed for the last three or four weeks. And I. Well, then how did you see the hateful content? content? Because I've been I've been using I've been using Twitter since you've taken it over for the last six months. Okay, so then you must have at some point seen the you for you hateful content. I'm asking for one example. Right, and, and you I, can't I, give us a single one. And, and, and I'm saying, I, I, then I, I say, sir, that you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, good for you, Elon Musk. People say this on the left all the time. Oh, uh, Twitter hate speech has increased on Twitter ever since Elon Musk took over. They're just frustrated that they can't rig it so that liberal causes. Uh, that liberal ideology isn't pushed on Twitter. That anonymous no-name producers who work at MSNBC no longer can get 4 million followers for absolutely no reason at all. 
You got to look that up. Actually, there are there are producers at MSNBC who have more Twitter followers than the people who are on air at MSNBC. How did that happen? All right, there's some there was some very strange stuff, and of course the FBI embedded themselves embedded themselves um, in big tech and basically uh, positioned themselves so that the Hunter Biden laptop would not be a story, and they knew it was coming. They muddied the water ahead of time. Hey, it's good to see the FBI actually outdoors catching bad guys, huh? Outdoors catching bad guys. That's what you're kind of supposed to do, not hang around the big tech cafeterias, uh, bad-mouthing MAGA. How about that, huh? Uh, That actually happened. That actually happened. It really, really did. Oh, one other thing from Elon Musk, the whole COVID thing. Because you know who was pushing misinformation about COVID? Uh, The mainstream media. The mainstream media uh, blindly saying everybody should get vaccinated, uh, not talking about the side effects, saying that there were no side effects, um, celebrating masking, masking for everyone, masking works. No, not really, not at all. Actually, look at the CDC website. The CDC website would actually was undermining things that the mainstream media were putting out. And Elon Musk, uh, well, he, he, he thought that was uh, that was important. Cut 32, please. COVID misinformation. You changed, the COVID, you changed the COVID misinformation. Has rules. BBC changed its COVID misinformation? The BBC does not set the rules on Twitter, so I'm asking you. No, I'm talking about the BBC's misinformation about COVID. Duh. I'm, I'm, I'm just asking. <laughs> well, what? That's a long pause. All right, wrap it up with cut 33. Does the BBC uh, hold itself at all responsible for misinformation regarding masking and and side effects of vaccinations and not reporting on that at all? And what about the fact that the BBC was put under pressure by the British government to change its editorial policy? Are you aware of that? This is a, this is not an interview about the BBC. Oh, so. you thought it wasn't? <laughs> and this, I see now why you've done Twitter Spaces. I am not a representative of the BBC's editorial policy. I want to make that clear. Let's talk about something else. You want I'm to talk about the BBC? You too. All right, let's 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 talk about let's talk about something else. You weren't expecting that. Busted. Good for you, Elon Musk. How can you show up and interview that guy? All right, so. Let's see here. Uh, The 21-year-old member of the intelligence wing of the Massachusetts Air National Guard has been identified as the leaker of highly classified documents that revealed damaging information on the war in Ukraine and U.S. allies, according to a New York Times report. Hey, oh, by the way, everyone's going to freak out. How could a 21-year-old National Guardsman have access to top secret stuff? And that's going to be the number one recommendation uh, of the uh, commission that is ultimately formed to look into all this blue ribbon commission. And they'll go right back to how they've always done it. All right. (laughs) Right back. There's always, almost always a 21 year old who has access to this stuff and always will have access to this stuff. Jack Teixeira is the leader of a chat group on this Discord gaming platform, Discord, it's called, who is sharing highly classified documents with other members of the group. Uh, those documents leaked to other groups and were published in the news media. Have been seen by the world. Okay, what else about this guy? I got a picture of him. He looks like he's. Uh, they say he's twenty-one. He looks like he's twelve. Very young. Uh, obviously, kind of immature. Kind of stupid. Uh, and the uniform he's wearing doesn't even look. Well, uh, it looks like the thing you get at boot camp. I guess it's just. It's not wearing. It's not. It's not. This is a very 
This is a very junior person. We'll just put it at that. And very stupid. And you know what, though? I'm going to say that our media culture, our political class, they bear some responsibility here. They've been taking this stuff way too lightly in their rush to get Trump and to falsely portray Trump as a Russian asset. Uh, they they have loosened the standards, taken their eye off the ball. And remember, people like Ed Snowden, who they like a little bit because the way he looks or maybe he leans a little bit left or whatever. Uh, Bradley Manning becomes Chelsea Manning and gets awards and invitations and all that stuff and a commutation from President Obama. He didn't really do anything wrong. That's the message. That's the message that young, poor souls like this guy picked up on. And now he's ruined his life and did a lot of damage to national security. What a what a shame. How 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 sad. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, that that wishy-washy weirdo Attorney General Merrick Garland is speaking about this uh, guy they just arrested for the leaking. Do we want to hear it a little bit? Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and plug that in. I do not like Merrick Garland. He has not pursued those who have been targeting uh, pro-life pregnancy centers. You can vandalize those. You can set them on fire. You can break into them. And Oh, wait a second. There he goes. That was about an eight-second boy. How's that for accessibility and transparency, huh? It's over. He was out there for eight seconds. <laughs> he just said the name of the guy and then left. Uh, let's see, Jack, did he say anything else? No. All right, so they got the guy who leaked all the stuff. Allegedly, allegedly so. Um, And they told CNN about it because CNN was flying overhead, just like they did with Roger Stone. Hey, this is different from Roger Stone. Roger Stone never should have been arrested. This kid definitely should be arrested if this stuff, uh, just on the complaint. This is a totally legit arrest. Um, they did bring in the SWAT team. Well, I guess you got it. You never know. You never know. Uh, but I'm looking at their suits. I'm looking at them right now. Why doesn't it say FBI on their clothing? I can't see it. I can see. I can see he has New England Patriot uh, shorts on. I can't see that these guys are from the federal uh, government. It doesn't say it in any clear way. I mean, granted, I'm watching through a helicopter, but I can tell he's a Patriots fan, and I can barely see FBI, if at all. I see one guy has it on his vest, but the others don't seem to. Anyway, that's weird, and I've been seeing it more and more. It's all about the equipment. Well, you know, you got to remember, um, you know, civilians don't know what they're dealing with. This has happened to me. I'm like, what are you, a mutant ninja turtle? So a guy wearing, I could not figure out what the hell he was. What is your affiliation? Are you local, state, federal? Are you just some weirdo who bought this stuff walking around? What's going on? Uh, I think there should be rules and laws against that stuff. Don't you? Oh, I'm sorry. Sandra, you've been on hold for a million years. Hi. Hi, Greg. I'm so happy to be riding my bike for the first day today. And I'm listening to you as I ride. How could you beat that? <laughs> I remember that. You know, spring comes, the first bike ride. That's nice. Yeah, I know. So I wanted to tell you that I, I saw two things that I wanted to bounce, you know, share with you. One about this uh, mother from Maine. She filed a lawsuit against her, you know, regarding her 13-year-old daughter because uh, the social worker, you know, gave her this test binder. And uh, she was referred to as a boy in school, so the mother sued. And um, you know what? The mother lost. And this is what gets me here. 
the social worker one, decline, you know, declining to turn over records, citing the Family Education Rights and the Privacy Act. Now, I thought when you're 18, you had that HIPAA thing. So this was kind of surprising that they would have a Privacy Act for a 13-year-old child. That caught me by surprise. Yeah, I'd like to know and more the about that. Thing, there, uh, that's uh, that's bad news. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. Yeah, that was at okay. That was at the yeah. Great Salt Bay Community School. The other thing last night I saw uh. the superintendent in Indiana. I thought it was a red state. It might be was trying to uh, trick the parents. Like they were laughing. They videoed it, so you got to see it. They were going to say, "Oh, this is CRT," but we're going to call it a workshop. We're going to tell the parents something different, so they won't even know. But in privacy, the educators really condone this. They think it's right. They don't want these little kids to be shocked as they get older. They want to let them know right from the very beginning that you're not liked and you're not good and get used to it. So when you get older, it's not a shock to you. I, I couldn't get over that. This, they're tricking the parents. They're giving them different names for it, like it's called the workshop or it's called whatever. But yeah. it's not, they're not telling the truth. All right. That's good scoop. I know. They're, they want the... They want people to not value themselves. The individual has no value. It's the state. It's all about the state and that uh, corrupt ideology. And wow, it's uh, it's it's kind of unthinkable that it's happening. I'm just so glad there are people like you, Sandra, out there, seriously, who know that this is nonsense or speaking up, picking up the uh, telephone, calling, going to the Women's Republican Club, you know, your name, your Front and center in this fight, you and many others. I think we need more Sandras out there. Uh, absolutely. Sandra, thank you very much. Um, all right, I got to go across the street, get the Newsmax show ready for tonight. Should be great. 10 p.m. Have you seen it yet? You know, you can watch it on um, you can watch it on your phone if you download the app. And you can also watch it on cable if you have that. Some people still do, still do. Anyway, 10 p.m. tonight for the entire hour, me, Greg Kelly, uh, and who else? I think we're going to have a guest or two as well. Still in the works. Many. Th- oh, Barbara's going to be on. Barbara, Barbara, Barbara.